This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs, as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. Burn it all down. Start over. Burn it all down. We need a new uh, Christopher. I've got my French Revolutionary flag. I've got my guillotine. I've got a, a small kid that sings about how strong he is <laughs> and how you can't take care of these 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 mighty little people. They're actually scary. Listen, I'm ready. <laughs> there's missing votes. There's extra votes. There's fake votes. There's in votes, out votes, up votes, down votes, back and forth votes. Here's the thing. There's bad software, there's glitches, there's human error, there's hacking, there's Russia. For crying out loud, Russia. Hold on, let me Again? ask you this. Let me ask you this. Did Russia uh-huh. choose Biden this time, or did they just take this one off? What's you going what, on Chris- out there, Hunter? Christopher, you actually just answered it. If I was Putin making the big brain plays, <laughs> I know exactly what I would be doing. So, yeah. If this makes Trump, perfect he sense. play 4D chess. Me, Putin, I play the 6D chess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know why he became Putin. Yeah. <laughs> Suka. Um, Love. Any, Love I, look, here's the thing about elections. Get rid of them. <laughs> Who needs them? Yeah. I mean... It's been working great in Russia and China not to have elections. I'll tell you, you have w- one thing that I love about this election. Uh, the one thing that's uh-huh. awesome about Trump not winning so far is uh-huh. that Black Lives Matter hasn't been lighting off fireworks in the lobby of my apartment building. So that's been wonderful for me. Did that actually happen to you? They do. They were back when the the stuff was going on earlier this year. Like call it March, April. Literally mm-hmm. every night they're lighting fireworks in the lobby. Not in the lobby. I was just, I was just taking some creative license, Hunter. But okay, okay. Fair oh enough. my god, they were so annoying. And I'm like, and, and they would do it between like midnight and three every night. Is and that because like no, like no justice, no sleep, or something? No justice, like, no peace. And I'm like, you guys yeah. don't know how to win friends for your side. Like the gay people. They just have uh-huh. a really cool contrasting colors, blue and yellow sticker, and they ask you to put it on your, your MacBook Air. Like, <laughs> you guys, like, what? just be like them. Just go and stand in the street and be like, hey, do you have a minute to talk about homosexual rights? And when people go, no, just go, thank you. And then, like, let them thank walk you. by. Don't, like, the fireworks at 3 a.m., everyone just wants to shoot you. Yeah, but what if the fireworks like had stickers in the middle of them, and they kind of like flew and landed on your balcony, and they just said like had a note attached that said, "Please attach this to your MacBook Air." Would that make it? <laughs> would that make it better, or would that make it worse? I don't know if it, if they use a small dragon with the voice of Eddie Murphy to light the fuse, then maybe. <laughs> I, 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 dude, <laughs> dude, dude, dude. That that is a show. That is actually a show we need to do. What? Thank you for saying that. Have you seen the new Mulan? No, Hunter. I care about myself. 
you need to watch the new Mulan and the old Mulan, and then you and me need to do a show on that because I serious like the 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 contrast between the two is like right up our alley. So. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's I have so really many questions that I want to ask about that. Like, did they screw it up or whatever? No. But I'll just wait and see. Here's yeah. what I know about yeah. it. I know that it's not going to be as fun because there's no songs and there's no dragon. But yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. That's um, big. That's big sadness. There's also no cricket or grandmother. So I like oh, half the movie is the gone. grandmother. Now that's like everyone remembers Mushu and the cricket, but Grandma right. was the dark horse. Uh, <laughs> she really she was, was so funny. It's so dark. I loved her. Good lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to stay for dinner? Do you want to stay forever? <laughs> I loved her <laughs> that's so such much. A good pull. Remember? Yeah, yeah, she was really, you know, when they talk about dirty nannies, you know, oh, yeah. Queen knew mm. what they were saying. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> All right, Mercury. well. What a legend. Guys, welcome to Carpooling. We've got a big show for you this week. Uh, it's a it's a conversation between two brothers. Can you just say, bro- how do you say a pair of brothers, a couple of brothers? But that could be any number. It's a conversation uh, between. brothers. A- <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> Throw that out. Look, we found another way not to make a light bulb. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the answer is, but that one is right out. Um, <laughs> exactly right. Thomas Edison would be proud. Uh, where we talk about, you know, whatever you want. Politics, science, religion, anything that'll get your ass fired. And yeah. today, boy, what a powerful show for you. Um, on the heels of a... Uh, let's be honest, an election with two fairly disappointing candidates. We're going to talk about who's going to win in 2024. You ready for the long call? Who's going to win in 2024? I think longtime listeners already know who I'm talking about. So before we get into all of that, Hunter, how about you take us to carpooling? Carpooling. Um, uh, Roadkill? Yeah. Carpooling's favorite segment is what I'm trying to say. Roadkill. <laughs> okay. I just had a, a yeah. small aneurysm. <laughs> But it's okay. I watched you have a stroke. That was fun. Yeah. Um, strokes are fun if they don't lead to any lasting harm, right? Just like <laughs> the one time that's happened. It was a blast. It's like the one time. Look, it's vibrating. I love it. Um, okay, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, roadkill is where we essentially uh, make fun of something that we do not need to make fun of because it is dead already. Uh, today, uh, We've talked last week about um, the Senate runoffs in Georgia, and we told all the nice uh, Republicans and conservatives who listen to this podcast uh, to go get out there and vote and for all the liberal friends to stay home because your vote doesn't matter and we hate you. Yeah. Um, well, no, actually, go vote. Go especially vote. for the liberal men out there, if you, but just statistically, Listen up. Right. If, especially if you're a white person or a, a male person, if you don't vote, you're actually making all of the other votes worth more based on a percentage. <laughs> so let, hear me out. So if you're a white person, male or female, and you vote, well, what you're actually doing is you're making a black person's vote count less. And that's just mathematically true. true. That's just true. So Facts. It would be racist of you to vote, actually. And if wow. you're a man, 
Don't get me started. How sexist would it be for you to go and vote and water down a woman's vote? So, liberals, whites listening to this, um, any, any men listening to this, any straight liberals... Don't water down the votes of minority communities. Stay home. Mm. Just stay that home. That is actually one of the that's one of the shining examples that America got right is we never restricted the vote based on sexuality. I'm really proud of us there. Anyway. God bless America. <laughs> yeah. Land. Yeah. Um, they would just arrest you in your house, you know. So different. They, different times. What do you mean a pregnant Chad? I wanna see. <laughs> oh no oh no um but no seriously go vote uh, all sides you know we believe in you but you should know who you're voting for and that's today's roadkill so uh this is lovely chris uh warnock as you may or may not know is a pastor and i use that word as a title oh not Reverend as a warnock yes 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 and um this is a lovely quote uh nobody can serve god and the military uh this comes to us from the freebeacon.com of course i'm sure you can find it at other places but apparently um it is impossible to serve god and serve in the military now i understand that there are some groups of people in the religious circle who follow this doctrine uh the uh quakers right quakers are you know pacifists essentially and they believe this idea and you know i understand turning the other cheek and not fighting uh you know against other people hey hold Except, on hold on are yep. quakers allowed to use electricity mm, yes yes really they're not they're not amish so yeah, quakers correct. can listen to this show yep 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 yep, yep. quakers welcome and okay. trust me, if Hunter had answered that differently, you wouldn't be any less welcome. This welcome was in no way contingent on whether or not there was a possibility <laughs> that you would be here. Okay, that's what I want you to know. So welcome to Carl Fooling. You're a valuable listener, and we're glad to have you and the Amish get bent. <laughs> Who needs you? Oh, I just looked it up. They don't have electricity. <laughs> Screw these guys. <laughs> uh, unless you right. can put a blindfold and a rubber glove on, and I can line up a five-star iTunes review for you, and you could touch the mouse button. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't need you. Get out. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, but But this goes just against what we see. Not necessarily like... What we see in Jesus' life, what we see the disciples doing, what we see a lot of great men and women throughout history. And it also takes um, completely out of account the fact that, you know, sometimes in order to be moral, you have to be um, strong, mm -hmm. you know, and like you cannot be weak, which we've talked about a couple times on the show. So um, Warnock believes that all of your friends and family uh, that you know that are serving in the military in whatever capacity that may be, uh, supplying logistics as a medic, whatever that role is, that they cannot serve God. So just know that about that individual and wrestle with that yourselves. So You know what? We're going to have to do a full episode on Warnock and Ossoff. They're mm -hmm. like the yin-yang of ignorance. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to, uh, we might have to do just a full episode on that. I will just I really... say, Jesus walked around with Peter. Peter was like his main man, 
when mm-hmm. Judas was like, I really like silver in in small shards. Let me go and right. kiss Jesus. And the centurions came up. Guess who was concealed carrying? Whack. That's right. Peter. What is the sword if not the gun of, uh, of, of 30 AD? Whack. No more ears. And... Sure, Jesus did put it back and call him Satan, but here's the thing. He knew he was carrying. He was cool with it. Right, right. He didn't have a problem with him having a weapon. It was at the time he used it more And he actually um, healed a military member, so I don't know, Warnock. Get, you know. Right. Anyhow, yeah. that's an utterly ridiculous thing to say. Also, From a religious angle, it's an utterly ridiculous thing to say um, because God often often commanded people to take specific actions in a military setting. Like to say that there's no way you could possibly foresee it. That just means you're an idiot. Second piece from a separation of church and state point of view. I mean, that's just totally wrong. Like it's, that's what you're doing right now is, is just incorrect. You shouldn't be trying to exert religious or political force based on somebody who has a government job. And, and and I know that might sound a little strange. He's not a pastor. He's not a preacher. He's right. not a man of God. And it's very clear. Uh, he's closer sure. to one of these tele-evangelical evangelical people. He has more to do with, with historically black colleges than he has to do with anything about the word of God. I actually appreciate you making that point. And it's one of the things that honestly about a lot of churches that I think is just kind of wrong is i don't think i don't think pastors or like staff in churches should necessarily be involved in politics Mm -hmm. um and the reason for that is one separation of church and state is a good thing you know just from the uh clinical uh what would you call it enlightenment values right Right. which which have which have a good value and have done a lot for mankind and the second thing is if your role is to be how would you say it? Like community sages to some extent, which mm-hmm. I think should be the goal of like church member, uh, church people in the church, right? It's certainly Maybe not everyone element the men- of your job, if not the entire job. Right. And then it's like, but you want to get into the realm of politics. You know, it, it doesn't seem like the realm you're supposed to work in. Like that is the nitty gritty. How do we make roads work? That's what mm-hmm. politics is. You know what I mean? And and churches, like, how do you... Sorry? It should be. It should be. And and churches, like, well, what's good for your soul? Mm-hmm. And it should be, you know, the people that are making roads work should be guided by the people who know, you know, what how what's moral, what's right. And it's like, those, those, those are both very complicated problems. Right. You know, and you should want somebody really focused on one and one person really focused on the other. And that's okay that you don't have pastors as presidents. You know what yeah. I mean? In fact, you should expect that. And I think it's okay that they sometimes intersect for, but, but for instance, stay in your lane a little bit. Like, yeah, I don't want, I don't need a pastor telling me about what rational fiscal policy looks like. But you can tell right. me that they, ab- it's not their arena. You can tell me that abortion's wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, sure. the other problem with that though is that doesn't necessarily translate over to voting for abortion is wrong. And I know that's probably going to sound like a really bizarre out there scenario. And personally, I think voting for abortion is wrong, but let me maybe frame it in a different way. I think that like using heroin is immoral. Okay? Sure. I don't think necessarily voting to legalize 
small doses of heroin is immoral. Does that make sense? Like, I, it's not, there is a separation of church and state there, and you can be politically libertarian while, while having Judeo-Christian morality. And you, it's the difference between saying like sleeping with another man's wife is immoral, but someone shouldn't go to jail for it. Yeah, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be executing them for it, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, society society's judgment can be different than God's judgment. Exactly, and that's why you've got to be careful about these pastors overstepping in in the um, the political realm. Anyhow, yeah. Enough said about that. We'll do a full a full breakdown on Warnock because that's a guy that needs that needs like, to get clapped in in January. So yeah. Anyhow, let's move on to today's subject, Hunter, and I'm super excited about this one. Uh, we're talking today about the love of my life and my <laughs> eternal muse, my rock, my guide, my the Dunkin' Donuts emailer. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, uh, I like her too. But okay. specifically today, we're talking about Nikki Haley, the hope of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't put too fine a point on it. Yeah, um, for real. Nikki Haley is an incredible person for a couple of reasons. Um, she's also the recipient of a lot of hate. You see Nikki Haley getting this specific type of hate that's reserved for conservatives that I think are viewed as exceptionally dangerous. And they only receive it from a, a, a particularly vitriolic section of Twitter, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. but, but Shapiro is dangerous. Why? Well, because he's smarter than most of you. He's smarter than most of the people that listen to him. He's better spoken than most of the people that listen to his show. And when people make an argument, you know, sometimes the armchair philosophers on YouTube will try and shoot it down. But in general, people are just a little bit helpless. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, there's all these videos of him putting down teenagers at, at, at universities, etc. But he does three hours of content every day. And it's pretty right. much unassailable. I mean, by and large, he has, he is like the, not saying he's never had a bad take, although when he does, he'll tell you about it. But as far as the the frequency of bad takes, he has minimized his scale. I mean, he is just laser focused. I think people see him as dangerous. So people will lob a lot of these incongruent epithets against him that don't really make sense. Nikki Haley gets the same thing. And I think it's truly because she's dangerous. And one of the reasons that I think she's so dangerous is she is, she's the rights Ilhan Omar. And what I mean to say is she is this immigrant story. Uh, her, pa- her parents were, were, you know, first generation. Um, oh, how does that work? If you, if you come over on the boat, are you first generation? First generation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they had her when she was a kid, you know, people were like, why is Nikki so brown? And, you know, she felt different than other people. And she succeeded in America because that's the kind of place that America is. America, to its great credit, is the kind of place that will elect Ted Cruz and Ilhan Omar, let's say. Mm -hmm. AOC and Crenshaw, right? Like, we... We, as a country, as you as you look across the the globe, we don't care so much about a lot of those um, less important things like demographics and and that type of stuff. And so, to to the great credit of the people of uh, what is it, 
North, South, one of the Carolinas. South Carolina, South the Carolina. good one. The good. <laughs> I like them both. Is the problem? But anyway, they elected. They're cool. They elected her to to be their governor for a while, and then you know, she's moved on since then. But I I think truly they see her as a traitor. I think they see her as um, a, a person of color that and a woman that crossed the picket line and joined the Republicans and. And uh, I a think Glenn she, Lowry, a Col, uh, Coleman Hughes sure. type character. Yeah, and I think that I think that people uh, they, they hate her because they are truly afraid of her. And you know, people have been saying this for a while, but there's a legitimate chance that she's on the, the on the ticket for 2024. Um, I don't think of, I don't know of a single person other than maybe Cruz that could possibly beat her in a primary. And I mean, 2020 Cruz, not 2016 Cruz. Um, right, but no, 20, I agree. 2020 Cruise is a different beast. So, anyhow, she wrote a book. It's called "With All Due Respect." It goes from her being the governor of South Carolina, dealing with uh, some some race fueled shootings they had there, to the flag controversy, to her getting picked up by uh, Donald Trump to go work as ambassador to the UN. And some of her time at the UN, how the UN operates, and then some of the specific, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, should I just bleep myself? How do you say <laughs> bags of ex- excrement um, yeah. across the globe uh, in you know in the Middle East and in and in Africa who are you know engaged in tyranny at different levels, and so it kind of covers her career and then her eventual retirement and that's when uh, that's when she wrote the book so we're going to kind of go through that and talk about it for a couple of reasons one is because i think she's a person if you're engaged in politics that you're going to need to know about sooner hopefully rather than later and then in addition mm-hmm. to that um it's there's a couple things about her story that were really enlightening to me stuff that you don't hear every day and i think it's important to share those details and talk a little bit about American foreign policy where it's been for the past four years and where it might be headed because Joe Biden has been wrong on literally every foreign policy issue that he's ever talked about. And and it's not just me saying that you can find plenty of his colleagues on the democratic side of the aisle that will agree with me. So anyway, long winded introduction. Obama. That's, that's the topic for today. So let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden, I think the most famous thing I, I know about him is basically when he told Barack Obama not to go after, uh, oh, shoot, uh, Osama bin Laden. I think that's I think that's such a good call. <laughs> so, like they had him. He's like, don't do it, Mr. President. Why did you say, oh, Thank shoot? You. Did you set, forget the name of Osama bin Laden for a second? I did for oh, like a second. Yeah. I thought you had spilled something. <laughs> and then you were oh, like, no. Like it together. Um, yeah. No, I was just trying to pull the name from the ether. Um I want to say like a couple things here just on Nikki Haley, just while you were going off. And I think they're really good. Sure. Um, and I, I think a lot of what you said is perfectly right. I think one is, you know, we're, we're reading the tea leaves here. We, we think Nikki is probably going to win because she had such a successful time in the UN. Um, you may or may not remember 2016, 2018, but she made the news quite regularly with mm-hmm. the things she said. Um, her being quiet now is the best move for her campaign, you know, because she is untainted by Trump, you know, and doesn't have to take a side or anything. She's not a political figure at the moment. So 
that's all what we're kind of seeing. Maybe she runs, maybe she doesn't. We don't know. We don't, we know we're not part of her team or part of what she's doing. She's not a politician at the moment. Um, that's important to know. The other thing is, um, despite liking Nikki Haley a lot, one thing that I thought was great about reading this book is there are certain points where I actually disagree with Nikki Haley. And the reason I think it's important to say that is not necessarily because I want to pick anyone apart, but there has been this whole strange world. In fact, I just saw someone this past weekend wearing a RGB shirt, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, got it, and won. Um, so wearing an RBG shirt. Um, and, you know, just, you know, the praise for that woman in politics, right? And kind of the blind faith in whatever she did was good and perfect. You know, Nikki Haley is a politician. Nikki Haley is a person. She has flaws. She has mm -hmm. things that are wrong with her. But I think what you're going to see us talk about is the parts of her character that are right, the parts of her character that are good are really, really excellent. But always that little stinger. Never, never, ever worship these people. Yeah. They're not, you know, nobody is worth that. And except, I just like to say that because Nikki of what we've Haley, seen. Because, like, I do. Right, except for Nikki Haley. So what you'll see is Hunter saying something negative and true about Nikki Haley and then me lashing out <laughs> vitriolically without a leg to stand on during the course of the show. So buckle up for that. No, I just, I just, I just want people in the, after seeing how Ruth Bader Ginsburg was memorialized praised. And, and sanctified and yeah, I just feel like there's this added need to tell people that that is stupid and wrong. You get my point. And so that, yeah. that's really it. So. I, I'm glad you bring that up, Hunter. And I'll just, this will just be a quick aside, but one of the things that I think that the left is doing right now that's absolutely tearing their party apart is mm -hmm. the implementation of these ideological purity tests between the radical socialist wing and then sure. maybe the more centrist more centrist base. And I don't mean thought leader base. The thought leader base is certainly on the socialist side. But the actual base of the party is not. And they're tearing each other apart by implementing these bizarre purity tests and... And, and, and mm -hmm. then renegotiating when they apply, which what it, yeah. because look, Joe can say racial jungle and pass the crime bill and Kamala can put <laughs> a lot of people in jail while she laughs about inhaling. But then the purity test doesn't apply if they're useful. But then when people run out of their use, oh, now we have to reinsert the, the purity test. Well, on the conservative right. side, we're far too rational for this pick and choose method. So when we apply a purity test, what we just say is nobody is good enough. And that's worth it. Right. I mean, you can disagree with people. And as long as you agree on enough things, they're a, a really, really good person to support. And so, yeah, yeah. it's important to bring some of that civility back too. Um, that we live in such a gotcha age and we really shouldn't fall into the Twitter canceling culture of the left right now, you know, where it's just like, Oh, mm. but I found a tweet. Um, anyway. Right. No, I completely agree. That's good. So kick us off Hunter. What, where do we go first? Um, you know, I don't know. I think probably we saved some of the UN stuff for sure. later. Um, I think this whole uh, deal um, with the uh, the church shooting, um, 
um, the name's escaping me at the moment. The name um, of the shooter? No, the name of the church, uh, Mother Emmanuel. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's a really good place to start with her, just given the, um, the character of that moment. I think. Sure. Um, well, I you know things about go ahead. That's kind of the first time that Nikki Haley came to national prominence in a lot of ways. You know, right. she was a name on some election screens before that, but this this event truly had nationwide coverage. Right. And this comes in, you know, after a lot of other racialized incidents, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it, to, to just kind of like give people the piece of this, because honestly, this one doesn't, this one just isn't talked about as much. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, um, but like, you know, hands up, don't shoot in Ferguson. You know, like we talk about those incidents uh, the the Dallas uh, cop shooting, right? Like those those kind of stick out a lot more to me in my mind than this incident for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mother Emanuel church shooting uh, was essentially a uh, crazy white person who who was a racist wanting to kill black people and specifically targeted a gathering of them at the Mother Emanuel church on Wednesday night, um, shooting around uh, eleven or more individuals in that church utterly heinous you know utterly reprehensible and he basically Um, walked in during one of their small groups effectively and they were sitting around in a circle and he talked with them for a couple of hours and then right effectively chose to kill them anyway really sick individual um yeah rest in 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 pieces right and uh i think there was and whenever one of these incidents happen and we've talked about this a lot on the show um, everybody jumps to their a priori conclusions, mm-hmm. um, which is the fact that America, you know, it could be, it can be a hundred different things. America is a racist country. Um, you know, it's not safe to be black outside of your home. Uh, white people are bad, all these sort of things. And you even have like conservatives going to an extreme, which is like, well, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, the relationships between black and white people in America. And there's nothing wrong with, what would you say, like, you know, the disparities that are happening in white communities versus black communities, right? Mm-hmm. And those those are, like, bad takes all around. Um, I think it's a little bit easier on, on the surface to see what's wrong with the left takes than the right takes, but they're all there. And the thing that I think was really great about this whole incident is there was plenty of opportunities where people were trying to make this incident that we're trying to make this incident um you know say something to the national conversation uh uh jesse jackson am i saying reverend jesse jackson was involved in this and specifically really tried during the funeral to you know racialize and create this tension in in this incident and the truth of the matter is you know, a lot of the times there's a lot of nuance here, you know, and that's that's the thing that gets so difficult. And there's a lot of like statistics that have to be brought in here. Now, this is one of the things we talked about with George Floyd is like, you know, even when there are these incidences that are, you know, that are racial. Right. You know, you have to look at them in the whole. And the problem is one person with a camera or one headline can do a lot more damage than, you know, 90,000 statistics that, mm-hmm. that all point in a different direction. Um, the thing I felt that was so 
the the thing I felt I, I really liked about Nikki in this situation is she refused to get into the fight with these people. Um, she refused to get into the uh, politics of this situation and instead focused more on what people needed. Um, it's I actually found this kind of interesting. She actually gets angry with herself several times in the book because she's crying in front of people mm-hmm. and saying that's weak for a woman to do and I don't <clears throat> like to be weak and all this stuff. And I thought it was like, I actually think like that was probably the more endearing part about all this sure. stuff uh, about her getting emotional and things. And I don't know if that's necessarily the, you know, the writing there to make me feel that way or whatever. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like, um, you know, it was definitely like, well, I think, I think handling that is like a tragedy more than of a, a, a reason to get mad at your fellow man is just so much, is just much more noble. So much more anyway, useful. And she's somebody that realized that she has a job to do. And, and that when other people, when their world stops, that's when her goes into, in, into um, you know, overdrive. And right. I, I love seeing that sense of duty from her in the book. The other thing is, and you, you mentioned this, but I'll just add a little bit to it. She has this perfect divining rod that lets her separate the, yeah. the real situation from the noise. And I think that's what empowered her so much when you had Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton coming down, trying to jump on this event and uh, racialize it and publicize it and all that. She was like, no, I'm just going to spend time with the families. And she talks about going Mm -hmm. to each one of the funerals must've been brutal, but, um, but she's going to spend time with the families and she's just going to cleverly ignore these people's attempts and to, personal attacks yeah and personal attacks just rise above it i mean i don't care what you think of trump can't you envy somebody who can let a personal attack go when there's more important mm-hmm. things going on uh so mm-hmm. i reading that in the era of trump was a really like a breath of fresh air for me in a certain sense thinking about where the country might be headed um She's good. She's good at this. And and what comes right on the heels of this, you know, because the the her response to this was not to ignore the I, the racial issues that we have in this country. Hell, so a lot of the racial issues that we have in this country right now aren't even a result of historical disparities. Aren't, aren't even the result of mm. slavery. A lot of what we're right. experiencing now are the result of uh, usurpatious, usurpatious politicians taking advantage of people's emotions and fears and insecurities, etc. And mm. you know, there's there's political science data that explains that racial uh, relations got worse during Barack Obama, which should have been right. exactly the opposite case. And you can't really make an argument that things are worse for Black people now than they were in you know, the 1960s, so explain to me where the dissolution of our our relations as different races coexisting has gone. So what does she do on the back heel of this? She doesn't ignore the problem. She does a, a pretty tough thing to do in South Carolina, I would say. She got rid of the stars and bars. Um, the Confederate flag was flying over the Capitol, and on several public buildings and the tricky path she had to tow was you know this this killer when they found his manifesto it was laden with that kind of of confederate iconography as well as love for the old south and a wish to return to pre-war era 
days and those types of sentiments and Mm -hmm. that same flag that that he utilized in his call for violence and his screed and his credo was the same one that was flying over the capitol building and even though it was a totemic gesture nikki decided it was time to act and time to take the flag down and that was a really really tough political fight when you read through highly recommend you read this section of the book when you're reading through the deals she's making with people and the threats she's making she's receiving from other politicians but she had this sense of doing the right thing agree with it or not i don't personally i don't care too much about a flag either way but she she had this sense of what was right and she stuck to her guns and minimized the noise that i respect that character in anyone uh even if i don't agree with them you know yeah yeah it's a it's a matter of this is it's this is gonna sound bad that's a little trumpian right Mm -hmm. but for noble purposes which is what i think we were kind of talking about is what we actually want to see from republican candidates moving forward yeah it's like i know i have a moral backbone first which trump doesn't okay (laughs) step one step two is when you're right don't cave yeah you know and i think that's something that you i think that's actually going to be one of the things i kept getting from this book um which showed me more incidents of this and many of the things I saw on the news from Nikki Haley is that's kind of what I would describe her as. Um, when, when, it, when she's right, she doesn't cave to it. Um, mm-hmm. And she has a pretty good moral sense of what that is. And, you know, I, I understand some people's feelings about the flag and all that, but I think I, I quite honestly uh, just think that, you know, it's one of those icons that is just so charged that it's probably better left behind. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd agree with that. I, I just don't, I just don't think there's any real reason to handle it. And I think also is because it can be so easily misinterpreted. It's it's like this: if I had a symbol on my front porch that to me was like the symbol of my family and like the meaning between us, but it also was like a swastika, a right? Po- a pornographic probably- swastika with like two middle okay. fingers, right? Yeah, you'd right. want to take it down because people can misconstrue it. Right. And that that's my point is like screw you. But that's my point. <laughs> that's my point is like if, if it was something that was like really really off-putting to a group of people, that's not what I want to do. I want to celebrate my family and why would I want to celebrate my family with a middle finger to you? Right. And, and you get my point. That that's the whole thing is it's like it, I don't care about the flag. I don't care about totemic gestures. If other people do, let them do what they will. I mean, I, and I don't mean to quote Levadian Satanists when I say that, but I, I don't like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. So do whatever. But, but one thing that I saw is like, that was clearly not the case, man. Some people really hated this thing and some people really loved this thing, but you hit the nail on the head, Hunter. Right. When you've got, right. when you've have a conviction, be pigheaded, be stubborn, don't back down. There's a good time for it, you know? And that's not a moral failing. That's actually moral courage and moral strength. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, and so I, I think that's I think that's really good. I'm glad you brought that part up because I had kind of forgotten about that. Um, but no, it's, it, it's really important. And I'm really happy that she had the tenacity and the backbone to see that through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... This is one of the other things I want to kind of touch on too is there were a lot of 
politicians and people around the orbit of Trump that saw Trumpian politics as a no, 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 not me ever sort of thing, right? Like a never Trumper. Mm. And I think one of the things that um, Trump did that was just so, or that Nikki did that a lot of really talented politicians did is they didn't see the Trump phenomenon as a chance to do purity tests. They Mm -hmm. saw it as an opportunity to do what can we get done with this guy? And I think that's like one of the things that kind of leads into this whole UN thing for me. Sure. Is the fact that is the fact that, you know, yes, South Carolina is doing good, but Nikki's kind of seen what needs to be done there. Uh, and she gets tapped to go to the UN and she's like, okay, well, this is a time to take, you know, what I've learned. And sure, I've been the South Carolina governor, but I need to take the American values. And a lot of those are the South Carolina values that I've grown up with. And I need to take those to the UN to be a voice there and taking advantage of that opportunity. I also think this is actually one of the good things about Trump. This is actually a good mm-hmm. thing about good management in general is the fact that you take people who are not necessarily the quintessential pick for a role, but who are the the new face, the good energy. They have that uh, they have that element of doing good wherever they're placed because yeah. of the person they are. They're generally like, competent. Right. And so when you take somebody like that and you kind of go, go figure it out, it gives them this opportunity, especially these crazy people like me that are like in the 99th percentile of conscientiousness <laughs> like we'll just tear ourselves apart before right. we fail okay and me, so i feel like you get that yeah go ahead let me jump in on this real quick because there's a couple of things that, that i think we got to highlight here because oh, what do you, what is the point of this this podcast the point is that you need to be engaged with nikki haley and this is one of the best things about her i think she's a republican in south carolina that will say we're not going to fly the stars and bars anymore I mean, talk about having like the, all this like. Well, that was a dog whistle, and you're playing to the party. She didn't give she didn't give a crap about that. She was like, I don't care what people think conservatives are supposed to be. I'm going to do what I find is right. I love that lack of allegiance, um, right? Quote unquote allegiance, because you know what? Not a lot of conservatives are that are that concerned with the stars and bars. If you actually get to meet conservatives, in fact, right, most of them don't like it very much. Um, it's mm. the it's this this um cnn uh pornographic version that loves the the stars and bars and shooting a gun and pickup trucks and all that kind of stuff but it's not your typical Mm. conservative okay so that's part of it the other thing is then exactly where you were going hunter is that she's not this anti-legionnaire either where it's like Oh well, if I'm not gonna be Team Trump, then I'm going to be full on Lincoln Project, baby. Like I hate this guy, right. and I hope that he dies. It's like, well, anybody that goes to government is going to have to make a deal with Nancy Pelosi. Like, you want to get a, a law passed, you want to get it through the House and the Senate, and you want to get it signed. Well, right now, you're gonna have to work with people that you don't see eye to eye with, and in t- at times, people that you might actually really dislike. But what mm. what that mean doesn't mean is that you should throw every baby out with the maximum amount of bathwater possible. It's like mm-hmm. you you take the hand that you're dealt and you do what's right. 
and there's a pragmatism and an intelligence and an emotional intelligence to that that a lot of our politicians and certainly our journalistic community just don't have right now. And I loved I loved the way that she handled Trump. For one, she stood right up to him when she offered him the job. He's like, it will be a cabinet position. And he was like, yeah, go for it. You've got a cabinet position. And then yep. the other side to that was – um, I'm going to do what I think is right. And th- this is a side of Trump that like, that we never see, never got to see from the media. But Trump just said, yeah, man, you, you do what you, th- what you think is correct. And right. that's the really lovable, likable side of Trump that we just don't get to see. Is He was the guy that was like, you know what? I'm going to be a proponent of you. And that's what we saw him do with Nikki Haley. And it's one of the reasons she was able to be so successful. And it's one of the best things, in my opinion, one of the Trump's best moves was appointing Nikki Haley and taking his hand off the wheel. Um, yeah, I, I agree. In fact, that, that, the, the thing that's true about that is the best, the best of Trump was when he put people in charge who he just left alone. And, but the problem is, why did he leave them alone? Because they weren't causing problems for him or saying bad stuff about him in the press. Right. And that's his ego. And that's kind of his downfall, too. So you got to kind of remember that. But mm-hmm. when when it worked and when he had the right people in the right positions and, you know, it was it's one of his better qualities not to be afraid of the status quo or the swamp or whatever right. you want to kind of think about that. And it so. also goes to show that Nikki Haley is the kind of politician that can employ the soft skills required to do deals with different types of people. You know what I'm saying? Completely agree. Yeah. Um, so I learned a good deal about the UN, I think more than I did before. Um, and quite honestly, uh, it, I knew I didn't like it. Now I know without a shadow of a doubt, I don't like it. Uh Um, it's a really, it's kind of a joke. I mean, that's the problem is like, Here's the deal. I could tell you, you know, about the Security Council and why that doesn't make any sense for those people to have veto powers for anything to get done. Yeah, I why is Russia why. on the Security Council? Like, that, right. that's just obscene. In China. It's obscene. It is. And I can tell you that, you know, the fact that every nation gets an equal say in what happens is just insanity. But nonetheless, that's what happens. Um, and I could t- but. I, I think all that kind of just pales in the fact that, you know, that it just simply doesn't, it just simply can't accomplish anything. It's just, it's not a, it's not a useful uh, governing house. And so the fact that like we pay a lot of money for it, we send a lot of people there. um, It's kind of ridiculous. Now, why do we care so much about Nikki Haley uh, being a part of all that? Well, I think the answer is the fact that she basically said that to everyone there is like, you are wrong and stupid and bad to a lot of the countries that are wrong and stupid and bad and needed to hear that. And I know that kind of sounds, you know, you know, uncaring to some extent, but, you know, there there is reprehensible um, stuff going around around the world in countries that is just evil, wrong, violent in every uh, satanic in every sense of the word mm-hmm. and it should be called out by people who are defenders of freedom and democracy and things like that and people having a voice and Nikki Haley did a great job of making sure that happened and so that's why that's why I think it was good is like if somebody was going to be in that position and that position is going to be there regardless of it's right or wrong 
she did the right thing in that position. Right. You get my point? She realized so, very quickly that she was a figurehead, not a policymaker. And right. that's a good and way so, to look at the UN. Yeah, and I, I think that's exactly right. And so I think just to give people kind of a view, there are a lot of resolutions that get passed at the UN, which are usually just us and Israel on one side of it. Um, the reason for that happening is because, like I was saying before, is every country gets a single voice. In the General well, Assembly. There's, yeah. Right. In the General Assembly. It's a good point to say. There are a lot of countries that hate Israel in the Middle East and in Africa. Right. right? And that should surprise literally no one. <laughs> and so if they have just as much voice as us, well, guess what? You know, Israel is going to be a topic. Right. right. And so there's a lot of condemnations of that country. Um, we, I think, did a really good job of kind of break going down in some of those issues about Israel, especially with the peace uh, deals that have gone over the recently. So if you want more information, what we think about there, go hit that. We're not really going to discuss that here just because it's not the show for that. Um, Episode 46, if I forget the O Jerusalem, just if you're curious. If you're curious. It's a really good episode. Um, Chris did a lot of research there, so shout out to him. Um, but no, and there's, and it matters that we say what is right. And it matters that we don't, you know, succumb to, you know, what, what, what evil people want to do or say. And, um, you know, even, even if it's just ceremonial, right. You know, even if it doesn't matter. And it's so important too, because one thing, one context that's important to keep in mind is that this was coming off the heels of the Obama administration that effectively used the UN security council and the, the UN general assembly as a place for which to engage with struggle sessions on the global stage you know we would we would not even vote against resolutions condemning the u.s for committing these fake atrocities brought up by countries like south sudan like who gives a crap Mm. what they think and i don't say that because i don't care about the people of south sudan i I say that because the the leaders were engaged with civil wars where they were killing many many of their own citizens um, and, mm. and employing chemical weapons and the like. That, that's what I'm talking about. Syria is on the on the General Assembly Council. So, like, why do we care what resolution Syria is bringing while Assad is tear uh, not tear gassing, mustard gassing the populace? I don't personally care. And and the Barack Obama administration. I think you'll remember when he went on right after he got elected, he went on his world tour to apologize for Bush, which was completely insane. And then there was more of the same from the UN, which you didn't hear a whole lot of because it was all embarrassing and and the news was too busy polishing his shoes with their tongues to do any real journalism during that that period of time. But, you know, and, and not only that, but we had turned our backs on Israel. We had turned our back on, like, in a lot of ways, the only ally that we have in the world. I mean, I know that we have diplomatic relations with a bunch of countries, but the country that we always can count on to support our decision-making on the world stage is Israel. No other country will mm-hmm. do it. And even in that time, even we had turned our back on Israel um, at the UN. And so when Nikki Haley showed up and took, took our role there seriously, just, just, sorry, I just want to say this because I think it's so important. There was this resolution regarding Palestine to like, basically say that Israel had no right Right. to the land. And the last thing Obama's, uh, UN ambassador did before, 
ambassador, thank you, who did before they left there was to abstain from that vote. Yeah. So they didn't vote for or against, but they abstained, which is something we've never done ever. It's, so, it's sorry, a dis- I just think it was important. No, it's super important. Nikki goes into it in her book. But that's, dis- that's disgusting. That is disgusting mm-hmm. behavior for the strongest nation with the best economy and the, and the most fierce military to be so coquettish that we abstain in a, a vote about... Uh, about condemning Israel for their right to exist in, in the lands of, uh, you know, the lands that they've had claim to f- since times immemorial. I think that, I think that that was one of the great things about Nikki Haley there. And that's why she made the news so much is because she would just, she would, it would be us and Israel as the only two people opposing a resolution to condemn one of our two nations. And she would, Instead of just saying, well, I guess everyone doesn't like us, she would just she would stand up and say, we all are going to remember this. And and do you think we're going to forget? This is a joke. This is a sham. And she called it out for what it was. And, you know, there's only so much you can do as the ambassador to the U.N. But think about a president who had those kind of that kind of cojones, that kind of of uh, viral load. I mean, we would be we would be unstoppable on the world stage with somebody that could employ that kind of tactics. You know, mm. you can say what you will about Trump's foreign policy. In a lot of ways, it's been very good. We didn't go to war with North Korea. We didn't go to war with Syria. We didn't go to war with Iran. All these, you know, doomsday things that were going to happen never really materialized. But, you know, one thing is I don't really care about being nice to to. Kim Jong-il or Kim Jong-un. I just don't care. Right. You know, we're, this is America. We don't have to be nice. And I don't Mm. say that haughtily. We should do the right thing. But if the right thing isn't nice, then screw being nice. And that's exactly the kind of person that Nikki Haley is. And that's one of the things I love so much about her, her personality and her resolution to, to um, doing what she found to be moral. And then I guess on her, uh, the last kind of phase of her book, she talks about going around and meeting with uh, some dictators, effectively from different countries. About right. uh, some, uh, she meets with the uh, South Sudanese prince, and she meets with um, someone else. I can't remember off the top of my head, but she goes through a couple of just cases of her meeting with these folks, and uh, uh, she goes. Is it Salva Kiir? I don't know, off the top of my head. Okay, and then yeah, this in the Syria. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And then she also talks mm-hmm. about some of the other ambassadors who vote against us on these resolutions, ambassadors from France, from Canada, from Great Britain, who behind closed doors come and suck up to the U.S. And she kind of put on display some of the some of the cowardice that we see at the U.N. and on the world stage in general. And uh, anyway, that that's kind of how the book wraps up and then she she talks about her retirement just very briefly like it was time for me to step away i felt like i did what i could and i'm ready for the next chapter and so are we mm. here at carl pulling i mean i'm, I'm <laughs> nothing would make me happier than than uh it, let's just call it Haley crenshaw 2024 talk about a powerful ticket you got you want a Haley crenshaw ticket don't you yeah you do i i also would just want to say like one of the things I think that's interesting about Republicans running women candidates, um, this is not necessarily, I don't believe the Supreme Court is a political body. Right. right? I, I, 
it, it's part of politics. Yes, it's part of the government, but politicians don't make it to the Supreme Court. Right. That's 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 the belief. If you're a conservative. Correct. Or, uh, you know, that that's how you see that. Um, Amy Coney Barrett was a lot harder for the Democrats to tar and feather than um, Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh. Right. Exactly. And I think one of the reasons of that simply is she is a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think that just paints everything in a whole new light. You can't. You can't grab all the kitchen sinks in the world and throw them. Throw them <laughs> she out, raped me. Right? right, exactly. And so one of the things I think that's interesting is it's kind of the strange kryptonite. I think it was like, I can't remember, but like, I think it was like 60% of the American people thought Amy Coney Barrett should have been, you know, mm-hmm. what were fine with her being a Supreme Court justice, despite all the hoopla and, you know, yeah. nastiness. And what that means media. is that over 10% of those people voted for Biden. Right, exactly. And so take that with a take that and then you see what we've already talked about in the election and stuff with Trump and everything. You take the character of someone like Nikki Haley, you know, she is an Indian immigrant, right? Uh and so she has this, you know, heritage that's difficult to attack as well. She's this she's a really really difficult candidate for the Democrats to hit. And I don't mean to say that like um, that those are the things we should focus on at all. But what I do mean to say is that that is what the Democrats have focused mm-hmm. on, and it makes it hard for them to hit people in those camps because when they go, well, you know, Kamala Harris is running in 2024 20, and says, you know, I was oppressed as a black woman in this <laughs> country, and then and then Nikki Haley can go, well, yeah, so was I. Right. You know, as a as a woman of color and look where I am and look where you the are. The difference so. between us is that I don't whine about it constantly, you know. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, I think she's a great choice for some of the same reasons. Hey, look, at a certain point, the right choice is, is the person who can win. I mean, that's definitely a factor of who's the right choice. And sure. Are you going to send out Superman or Superman with a shield? Send out Superman with a right. shield. That doesn't mean that her race or her gender makes her more qualified. What it means is that it's it's a wet willy There's some horse racing and a going thumb on. in the eye of the side that wants to use those things to differentiate between different people. And I think mm. I think that that makes her a uniquely qualified candidate, not a, not a more qualified candidate, but a uniquely qualified candidate um, in some certain areas and. Uh, Personally, I love watching CNN try and find a mean thing to say about an Iranian or an Indian, sorry, immigrant. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, definitely one thing they'll try and pin on her is the Mother Emanuel shooting, right? Um, and they'll yeah. they'll say something about you know Palestine and all that. And um, you didn't get a be... BLM tramp stamp when you know when that shooting sure. happened, and yeah, sure. these people are impossible the best hey before we end the episode tell me something you disagreed with her about oh um she just made uh, several comments throughout the book about you know how hard life was in american america as a woman um Mm -hmm. just kind of offhand like uh the emotional thing that i was talking about before that women are judged harder on the emotions and i was just kind of like i just i just have a hard time seeing that right and granted i'm probably 30 years her younger or somewhere in that ballpark, 25 years. Right. So the world has been different when I've been growing up in it. Um, but those are, those are some comments too. I don't know if you get this too, but when 
um, Hillary would say, or, you know, they would say that people are judging Hillary Clinton differently. I'd always kind of shake my head and go, I don't understand that. And I don't understand this whole thing where people say like, um, you know, aggression is more attractive in males than it is in women. Like, I don't understand that at all. Aggression is equally unattractive. It's a matter of equally attractive. Right. It's a matter of if you're if you're angry about the right things, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a matter if you're angry about what's true. And so, like, when people like do that kung fu, I don't like it. And so I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that necessarily I'm God and I know everything that Nikki Haley has gone through. But at the same time, I just kind of felt like those comments to me felt like. I don't know. Like I had a hard time. I had a hard time agreeing with them, especially on, uh, you know, a lot of the stats about women and everything too. So, no, I agree with you to me. And this is one of the beautiful things about being a conservative in general is because we can say, yeah, that was a detriment that I befell, but I'm not going to organize my entire concept of reality around that fact. And that's what, this is why it doesn't bother me. Right. And it, cause I was like, nah, I disagree with you on that. When I was reading the book, I was like, I don't think it's that Hmm. because look at me. I've, you're a woman and I adore you. Like you are my number one pick and I'm the kind of person that's supposed to hate women. You know what I'm saying? But I like, you are the ultimate pick for me. And so it's like hard for me to wrap my mind around any uh, of your gender being a detriment in any way. Um, And also what is she like? 50? Like awesome. Uh, Look, it has to be said. She's a babe. Okay. Oh my God, Chris. It's just, it has to be said. Okay. Nikki Haley, (laughs) For, for as old as she is, uh, she's one of our very attractive politicians. And look, that can only help with Putin. It can only, oh, man. it can only help. Wow, it can't hurt us. I didn't even think about. Did you, I didn't even think about those impacts? Did you hear about Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Kim Jong Un? <laughs> apparently, <laughs> total aside. Apparently, Kim Jong Un took a little bit of a shine to. Sarah Huckabee and Trump, okay. Trump told her to quote take one for the team. <laughs> now, how is that, that real? That is hilarious, and apparently she thought that it was is really funny. Because well. I, I mean, of course it is. Like if you think Trump, if you have this idea of Trump that he's like the grab him by the p word guy, then maybe that's kind of gross. Uh-huh. But if you Take a look at some of his more jovial moments or like some of his rallies where he is pretty funny and, and right. can be very amiable. That's a quality joke. <laughs> That's a quality joke. <laughs> That's a dangerous joke in the workplace. Yeah. No doubt about sure. it. But you but I think like when I think you and me know this too, like sometimes with your peers or uh, groups of people that are around your age, those jokes are fun. Yeah. If that sort of makes sense. Well, and uh, you need to know who you're talking to. Don't get me wrong, but like you know, I remember there being loud arguments about abortion on our yeah, floor at work sometimes, and everyone being totally cool with it because you know, generationally, we all kind of knew how to talk to each other. That's is right. What I think it is. That's mostly. right. Well, so, I'll tell you another thing too: yeah. is that sometimes when you're like going to the UN, like that's very very stressful. Like, sure, it's not as immediate as the stress of like going to war, but lives are still on the line and there's a stress embedded in that and i'll say that sometimes and especially think about this think about how stressed you would be if you were going to meet with kim jong-un and you had a responsibility it was your responsibility to get something out of him in that meeting 
Um, that's tough, man. I haven't been in a meeting that's that tough. And, you know, it's kind of like the Marines make the grossest jokes you've ever heard. I kind of feel like when you're in mm. one of those situations, like anything to break the ice is okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got to take yeah. it in that context too. Like, like something, it's so much more transgressive because the gravity is so much higher and that's what makes it okay right. in a certain weird way. Um, anyway, I just think that's it's like World War Sorry, it's like World War II, like, soldiers laughing when their buddy's head gets blown up. Right, next to them. because, like, what do you do? Right, um, same idea. Yeah. To, a, yeah. to a, a less immediate, but maybe not less grave extent, yes. if that makes sense. Yes, exactly. Um, exactly right. I hope I navigated that minefield correctly. Anyway, so that's, like, what else do you need? Like, she's has a moral compass. She, we might not agree with her on everything. She might be driven more by... Um, a little bit more by her emotions than the numbers than like folks like Hunter and I are, but that's okay because she doesn't let her emotions drive the ship. She she lets them she lets them set you know paint the walls and then she goes with what she feels is right. And I think that that's really great. Um, she has a track record of standing up to some tough people and ignoring the mm. noise and focusing on stuff that really matters. And she's a bit of a babe, like. <laughs> Dude, total package. Okay. And if she picks Solid Snake to run with her, Dan Crenshaw, like... <laughs> oh, I love that. Come on, I love dude. That. That's going to be... Can you That's imagine funny. him just standing behind her? Like, let's get crap done. That's an impressive duo. Just like, yeah, you know, Q from Bond with her rugged one-eyed bodyguard. That's a good look. That's a good look. It's really Aesthetically, good Aesthetically, you got to like that. I like that look just as like, hey... The rulers of the free free world are a lady in a pink dress and a man with an eye patch. Yeah, like, are we are we pirates? Did we do it, dude? Maybe we need to have an episode about Crenshaw because that dude nerves of steel, man. I like Crenshaw a lot. Crenshaw, I do too. He's aggressive. He's a little young. That's the thing. He's yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's a little bit of a young. But he, and he's aggressive. But you know what? It doesn't. He doesn't get out over his skis. And that's partially because yeah. his skis extend for miles in every direction. I mean, he really is a talented person. Um, he seems like somebody who thought a lot about the issues and then got into politics. And then got aggressive. Unlike AOC, yeah. unlike AOC, who seemed to just find herself in politics and now is beginning to think about the issues. Right, exactly. And I like that about him. Okay, well, I yeah, guess that about wraps it up. Uh, what, do we, what do you do Same. next? Vote for uh, Nikki Haley. 2024 just go ahead and put it on your ballot go ahead and send in your mail-in right. ballot because that's how elections work <laughs> now i guess um but also i'd highly recommend pick up her book uh with all due respect it's um yeah it's a great it's a very read. very easy read let let let's just be clear it's ghost written like all of these dumb books mm -hmm. um but it will tell you a bunch of good things about her and some things that she's done um it wouldn't just probably hurt to go look at her wikipedia page too mm -hmm. you know like just go and learn some stuff about who's her. still writing their own books is shapiro still writing his own books yeah obviously clavin is sure yeah that's kind of his bread and butter yeah who is there any politician uh, michael knowles writes his own books <laughs> <laughs> Got at, at a reading level only he could attain <laughs> all right yeah. let's wrap it up we've been carl pooling i specifically have been the chris half of the carl pooling uh you can follow me at chris x carl on the socials including parlay i revamped my account a little bit today maybe i took a picture of my Ooh. license maybe i'm working on getting verified i don't know you don't know either um you don't know you maybe. can follow hunter at 
at emotional, emotional Carl, Carl on all of his on the Twitters socials. and the Grams. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hunter, are you on Parlay yet? No. Um, honestly, that would be a good show for us to do because I'm very, very concerned about the technological echo chambers I see forming. Oh in yeah, platforms in platform specific ways. Um, and so maybe that's a good show for us to do because I think I think that's something I kind of caught from Ten Pool maybe a couple of years ago. And I have just been watching the signs of it. And although Parler, I think it has a noble intention. I also think there's a very scary side to it well, as well. I think, so. I think that it's, yeah, you're, you're right. There is a scary side, but it's not Parlay. It's Twitter. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly like, right. It, it, it's, it's Obama the, and Trump. It's, it's not the sickness. It's a symptom yeah, of what's exactly. been happening. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, so. check that out. Give us an email at carpooling at gmail.com. Check out the site, carpooling.com. You can find all of our links and references. Hey, Hunter. Yeah, buddy. Maybe you're a Quaker. Maybe you're not allowed to use any electricity. Maybe you're an Amish. What does that mean? Well, you're not going to get an office job, not one that has a fax machine, which pretty much disqualifies you from everything that's happened since 1942. So what does that leave you with? Can't answer the phone. You can't trade stocks. You're probably a farmer or a buggy man. One person that makes buggies. And you know what? That's working with your hands, working with your arms. Long day, walking around the field. If you're not getting the right amount of protein, Hunter... Your muscles are not oh. going to be able to regenerate for day in, day out of the hard farm life. And that's why FNXFit.com has your back. FNXFit. What don't they have? Hydration supplements, sleeping aids, protein powders. They've got, uh, they've got d- delicious apple cider vinegar gummies that I've been chewing because I don't work in the field every day. And I need something to... Uh, right. To... to Stop the lipid transport uh, slowing down as fast as I possibly can after a meal. And uh, and look, that can only become more important if you're a Quaker. I, look, I don't know a lot about Quakers. I know you eat a bunch of instant oats. That's a lot of insulin that you're making because those are quick carbs. You're going to want some apple quick cider carbs. vinegar to uh, suck up some of that insulin. Tell your pancreas, hey, take a minute, take a second. And get back to Calm down, pancreas. burning that delicious fat that your body craves. So you can find all that and more over at fnxfit.com and or carlpooling.com slash fnx. Use checkout code carlpooling, that's C-A-R-L-P-O-O-L-I-N-G, at checkout to get 15, 1-5% off of your order. Sends a little love my way. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Nice. Like like to see that. Um, I like to see that. Rate us on right iTunes here. Five stars. What else is there? Rate us on iTunes. Four stars. Uh, three stars is right out. Um, we're on other podcasting services, so you can listen to us there. There's a Facebook page. Go there. Like it. Make us feel good. Recommend it um, to your friends. Hey, you can email the show. I, I already said that one. Go tell one friend can, <laughs> about Carl Pooling. And uh, yeah, see what happens then. And you can email the show uh, at our email address, <laughs> callpooling at gmail.com. How many times are we uh, going to say that one? One more? Can we get? Can we make it one more? Can we get the big four? Oh, one more thing. You can also email the show at carlpooling at gmail.com. 
And uh, feel free to drop us an email at carlpulling at gmail.com. Once again, that's carlpulling at gmail.com. Hunter, last So thing. I'm ready for like... And this is pure cancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> email from... Once again, you can... E- ah! <laughs> no. E- e- email from Duncan Woman. Oh, we have another one? Subject line Patreon. Oh, okay. I would consider... Did she email put- us at carpooling at... Yeah. Oh, crud. I keep screwing up the show. Go ahead. I would consider putting $5 a month towards your Patreon if it unlocked secret photos of you guys binging on Dunkin' Donuts. And look, we already have it, but you're going to need our OnlyFans. And I can't think <laughs> I can't think of a better reason than that to go get tested. Oh, dear Lord. Get out of the backseat, kids. We're home. Oh, <laughs>